0: Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you and your life. Turn with me once again to the book of Revelation. Revelation. I have been helping people with different things for the last several days and uh it has been a <laughs> a uh, revelation for me to understand how much how many people are questioning uh the events of our day as it relates to the study of eschatology, the study of end times. Um, uh, What we have been doing all throughout this time of studying the book of Revelation is a study of eschatology and uh, with uh, the world in turmoil, with us going through a very hard and difficult time with uh, a virus uh, that has... Uh, disrupted our life, many people are uh, questioning if we are uh, that much closer in the end times to the end and that much uh, more in relation to uh, events of the end times. And I have uh, on several occasions referenced people to our uh, podcast that that we have here at, at Mount Olive. Uh, because uh, by going on that podcast, you can go either through SoundCloud or iTunes, you can go back all the way to the very beginning, some quite distant past to uh, to uh, start all over and, and study uh, from the very beginning our, our look at the book of Revelation and to see how uh, God has been working in our lives throughout... History and what God's plan is for us. And it seems like every time we get back to the point of studying our, uh, looking at our study of Revelation, it's important that uh, we take just a brief moment to kind of catch up where we are in the book of Revelation. We're in chapter 20. If you uh, forgot where we are, uh, we are going to look at uh, verses 8 through 10 today. Uh, but we have been looking at the earthly kingdom of Jesus Christ. We have come quite a distance since we uh, began our look at the book of Revelation and we are in the midst of uh, the events uh, that occur around... Uh, the uh, last things that are happening in the book of Revelation. We're almost there, but there's so much that's going on. It's it's difficult for us to to move too quickly, and if we do, we miss too much. Uh, we saw in chapter one of the book of Revelation the introduction to the book of uh, uh, Revelation and what was going on. The uh, the Uh, The fact that John was exiled onto the Isle of Patmos and uh, because of his faith and because of his preaching uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, so we see John receiving this uh, revelation from God and being admonished by God to write these things down to share with others. And so uh, we see in chapter 1 the introduction of the book and the vision of Jesus Christ. In chapters 1, 2, and 3 we see basically the age of the church in which uh, John writes all the different letters to or comments to the different churches throughout the region, throughout the area, and as I mentioned at the time that we studied, those churches are kind of uh, in a circular, a circular pattern uh, throughout the country, and uh, John References uh, all these different churches, and in a way, he is uh, making analogies of different groups of Christians who have different stands on on their faith and and commitments to Christ. And it is a uh, a call to Christians to have a deeper commitment to Christ. In chapters four and five, we saw the uh, John transported to heaven, and he sees a vision of heaven, and he uh, sees the praise and the adoration and the glory of God uh, by the angels there in heaven and he sees the magnificent throne of God uh, where uh, the four beasts uh, and the 24 elders are standing around the throne of God and they're all praising and worshiping God and then you have all the other angels that are congregated around the throne of God and they're singing Holy, Holy, Holy uh, Lord God Almighty Uh, we see this uh, magnificent uh, view of of uh, God and His glory, chapter six through eighteen, a very long protracted uh, segment of Revelation was all about the judgment of God, about <coughs> God bringing down judgment upon uh, the people of the world, and the final uh, judgment of God is coming. And uh, but we see uh, many steps of judgment. We saw we saw the. Uh, the the seal judgments, the trumpet judgments, the bowl judgments, and all of this leading to the day of the Lord when the final fury of God would be poured out on the evil of the world. And, And what we have to remember here when we talk about all of these judgments throughout all that long period of study throughout Revelation is that this is the righteous judgment of the evil upon the earth you have to not forget about the fact that god has protracted a long time of opportunity for the people of the world to repent and turn to god to repent and turn to jesus christ to get their hearts and lives right with jesus christ and all of the all of these judgments are opportunities really for god to express his righteous Judgment upon sin and evil, and to give a final opportunity for uh, these individuals to turn away from the evil that they've been engaging in, turn away from their evil worship of the world and the things, the lust of the uh, of the body and the flesh and and the mind and the, and the spirit and and so uh, these are all opportunities for people to turn away from sin, and yet uh, humanity is in love with their sin and humanity continues to to revel in their sin and and each of these judgments that God uh, delivers unto mankind is just like the the instances of uh, the uh, plagues in Egypt in which uh, uh, with each time uh, God declares His glory, His His uh, righteousness, His ability to, to bring about judgment and also His uh, authority over the things of the world, the natural world and all the things of the universe. And... <coughs> In spite of all of those things, man continues to harden his heart more and more and more, just like Pharaoh hardened his heart against uh, the God of the Israelites in uh, Egypt. And so we see in chapter 19 the return of Jesus Christ and the establishment of His kingdom. And this was the, uh, the the glorious return of Jesus Christ that is uh, reminiscent of the view of uh, the bride coming with his bridegroom, and uh, uh, the bridegroom coming with his bride, and presenting his uh, the, uh, the 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 uh, the bride before the uh, the wedding party, and we see uh, uh, Jesus Christ coming in victory and overcoming the uh, the opposing uh, forces of this world. Uh, Devastating them with a single word uh, and Jesus Christ establishing his kingdom upon the earth. For a thousand years, Jesus Christ will uh, reign upon this earth in his kingdom. And that is kind of where we left it last time, looking at the different aspects of the kingdom of Jesus Christ, uh, uh, this thousand year uh, reign of Jesus Christ. And we see uh, uh, all of these different aspects of uh, the um, uh, chapter uh, twenty of this uh, this kingdom of Jesus Christ, and and we see here uh, first of all uh, the introduction of uh, what is happening in verses one through three, and then we see in the next verses the uh, <coughs> excuse me the removal of Satan. That was the first point that we looked at in terms of uh, this establishment of the uh, millennial kingdom, and uh, uh, Satan is removed, and the uh, the uh, the prophet and the beast are thrown into the lake of fire, but uh, Satan is put into the pit, not the lake of the fire, but but into the bottomless pit, and uh, the angel is is called forth uh, to open the pit and. Uh, and Satan is cast bound in, in chains and thrown into the pit for a thousand years. And we see the reign of the saints. That's the second point that we saw. We saw that the saints reigned for a thousand years with Jesus Christ. The um, Most importantly, were those uh, saints who uh, believed in uh, the coming of the Messiah, the saints that believed in Jesus Christ throughout history, uh, the saints who were martyred, uh, were given a place. Of, of great prestige and of course uh, we also see the New Testament saints, uh, uh, the disciples uh, also uh, having a place of honor and so the saints bring about the, uh, uh, a, a sense of order to the world the world is tra- changed and transformed uh, no longer is the world uh, being ravaged by the, uh, the presence of sin in the world Satan is gone uh, I, 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 people ask me you know well uh, how do we know uh, that uh, like the vaccine isn't a uh, have the mark of the beast and I say well the mark of the beast comes during the tribulation they say well aren't we in the tri- uh, couldn't we be in the tribulation I say no uh, we can't possibly be in the tribulation, and it doesn't fit with any of the things that happen in Scripture. Uh, we're not in the millennial reign of Jesus Christ either. There's some that believe that we're uh, that we've passed all of that, and we're living during the thousand years of the millennium. And I say, well, no, it can't be that either, uh, because uh, and they say, well, why do you know, how do you know that? And I say, because sin is still present in the world. One of the major aspects of of the millennial reign is is that there is no presence of sin. the world is is transformed back into the image of what God intended for it to be. Uh, much of the world is like the Garden of Eden in in, in that all throughout the the tribulation while uh uh we see all these uh devastating judgments coming upon the earth the, the earth is transformed it no longer looks the same because uh the bible says that hills and mountains are flattened the the seas are are absorbed up and and the the islands uh are given up which means that basically uh, large uh, amounts of water are evaporated there's no longer uh these barriers of the oceans uh that we have uh, between the continents at that time, uh, some uh, scholars even believe that uh, that uh, during this time, uh, great amounts of the oceans are are eliminated and evaporated to the point where people can freely travel between the continents without having to use air travel or or boats because of uh, what comes next after all of this, but uh, we'll not get ahead of ourselves here. But we see a great transformation of the world during the millennial reign. uh, uh, The world is especially around Jerusalem where Jesus reigns, is transformed from the desert land that it is to a land that is much like Eden and uh, Jesus Christ reigns there in Jerusalem. Uh, We see Next that we looked at uh, was the return of Satan. Uh, We saw that Satan returns for a period of time and uh, he wreaks havoc. And we talked about last time how this was essential because you had people that were uh, born during the tribulation, born during this period of time that have the opportunity to uh, make a decision of whether or not to accept Jesus Christ as Lord uh, in their life. And we have... Uh, lots of people that still uh, must make a decision of whether or not they'll follow after Christ. And uh, with the release of Satan upon the earth, uh, we have people that are deceived. And uh, we come to our last point, which is uh, the uh, revolt of society in which uh, the revolt of society uh, eventuates in the final conflict between uh, 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 Satan and the forces of God uh, we have this revolt that is all these people who are still not following after Jesus Christ not following after God uh, they are led in, uh, and this is also essential for Satan to be loosed was uh, so that they could be all uh, led in a final conflict a final battle in which all of those who oppose uh Jesus Christ, all those who oppose God uh, receive the final fury of God, which is uh, a uh, crushing defeat uh, by Jesus Christ. Uh, against the forces of the world, and we see uh, and this is all in god 's plan this is all part of god 's plan why would uh, all why would God allow Satan to be loosed? Why would God allow all of this it 's all in order to give humanity one final option uh, those who are uh, here the option of uh, choosing whether or not to follow after christ and uh, so we see that final. Uh, chapter of uh, the final events uh, that's happening. Let's look at verses 8 through 10 now. It says in chapter 20 verse 8 and shall go out to deceive the nations and this is talking about uh, Satan shall be loosed in verse 7 and when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go, shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth. Gog and Magog to gather them together to battle, and the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And the devil that was deceiving them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. So that's our section of Scripture for tonight. We're at the revolt of society where Satan is loosed and uh, society is is uh, uh, gathered together. God is in uh, 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 control of the events that's going on. God has authority. Uh, uh, We've seen in the Revelation, uh, God had the authority to dispatch the angel, to incarcerate Satan, to bound him in the chains, and uh, to open the pit, and to cast Satan into the bottomless pit for a thousand years. God had that authority to uh, bind Satan and to cast him into the pit. God also had the, uh, provided the means to release Satan from the pit. God had the ability and God's sovereignty and God's uh, righteousness... We have to think about all of those things. Uh, uh, we think, you know, uh, some might think, uh, well, how could God throw Satan into the pit without uh, 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 cause and authority? Well, he had, his righteousness demanded uh, punishment of Satan and punishment of evil. He was cast into the pit for a thousand years. God also uh, conversely had the authority and uh, the righteousness to release Satan. A lot of people are perplexed about this release of Satan. Why would God let Satan go if 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 Satan was such a uh, the enemy of of God, why would God allow uh, satan release well it was part it 's part of god 's plan it 's part of God's sovereignty, it's god 's sovereignty it 's god part of god 's uh, right to do so as he wishes. Satan is allowed to deceive the nations uh, this is to uh, firmly uh, delineate the position of those who remain upon the earth at this time whether they are going to follow Jesus Christ or follow after their own sinful self and sinful desires and we see in uh, this scripture that there are there is a vast army that's collected by Satan uh, so there are vast numbers of of uh, individuals that have uh, been born during this time uh, You have to remember that uh, during the thousand years, uh, there are people that uh, because of the lack of uh, the presence of sin, people live a lot longer. Uh, Many scholars believe that people during the millennium will live as long as people did during uh, the early part of Scripture, during the uh, book of uh, Genesis. We read people living uh, hundreds of years, and as a result, uh, the population of the world that was very small at uh, the beginning of the millennial will increase greatly. There'll be a lot of people that are born during this time, and there'll be a lot of people that uh, will be deceived. Uh, and Satan will gather through the deceit, uh, his deceit all the hosts against God's people in the land and the city. Of God and God's sovereignty uh, is uh, the authority for all of this. And uh, the deception, the great deception that Satan will uh, accomplish, is that uh, they will have the ability to overthrow Christ. That they will be able to uh, uh, overpower Christ. That great deception that uh, that He is. Uh, to be followed rather than... And and this has been Satan's game plan throughout all of time. If you look back at the very earliest writings about uh, Satan, the the one who is against uh, God, uh, uh, we understand and know that Satan desired to have for himself... Uh, the The praise and worship that God was receiving as Lucifer, uh, an angel of God, he was uh, very uh, right there at the very presence of God, uh, delivering the praise and the worship of of all of creation to God and he cho- uh, he desired that for himself and here we see his ultimate uh, uh, desire and that is to deceive the world uh, to believing that he is the Christ rather than uh, Jesus and uh, all uh, uh, all of this is within god 's plan it 's and that is god 's plan is to destroy evil upon the earth. Well, uh, some people want to know who is Gog and Magog uh, well, we know who Magog is. If you uh, understand and know uh, names in the Bible, you understand that Magog is the grandson of Noah. Magog uh, is the second son of Noah's uh, son, uh, Japheth. And uh, Magog founded a great kingdom north of uh, the Black Sea and the Caspian Sea. Uh, This great nation was known as uh, Scythia, S-C-Y-T-H-I-A. Uh, that is its ancient times name. It is located in uh, modern Russia. Uh, and many people believe that Magog is referring to that uh, a, a historical individual uh, that is the grandson of Noah, who uh, created this great city and uh, what uh, uh, Gog is, is, well there's not any references to who Gog is uh, throughout scripture so uh, there is speculation that Gog may be uh, the leader of Magog, uh, this, uh, this uh, great kingdom and uh, uh, there is uh, not a lot of, of Belief that this is a a literal place in which uh, uh, the people of Gog and Magog come up against God. Uh, uh, It says here that all the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together uh, to battle. Uh, This refers to more of a reference to these people to to tell you these are, are people that are coming against God. Magog was a nation that uh, to the north of uh, these, uh, the Black Sea and the Caspian Sea were people who would... Uh, ritualistically come down and harass the Israelites, the people of God uh, would cause them all kinds of, of harm and, and take a, a lot of their possessions and so it's believed that uh, John is using the term Gog and Magog to reference a people and their leader uh, who are there to do harm to uh, those who follow after God uh, and it says that they come from the uh, four corners of the earth, the whole world's centers. Now, uh, this is not evidence in the Scriptures that, that uh, people that uh, worship the, uh, God and, and are followers of, of God uh, uh, in Scripture saying that the earth is flat. No, what this is reference is is from all four directions, north, south, east, and west, uh, the people will come. It's, it's similar to at the beginning of Revelation where it says that the four angels were at the four corners of the earth holding back the winds of the earth. It doesn't mean that angels were actually on four corners and that the earth is flat, but rather that there's an angel to the north, the south, the east, and the west, and they're all holding back the the winds of the world This means that people from all four directions are coming to this one location in the deceit of Satan to come against uh, God as the enemies of God and they uh, are said to be as numerous as the sands of the sea. Now again, this doesn't mean that someone went and numbered all the different sands on all the beaches and that's the number of soldiers that are coming. This is a reference, uh, this is also a an alliteration that means that basically it's so great number of soldiers of, of, uh, m- Soldiers, that there's so many of them that it, it's just, uh, to, to the mind of someone living in the time of, of uh, John, it's an innumerable number of, of, of people, most likely in the millions of soldiers, because uh, a million is not a term that they would be a, a familiar with. Uh, so uh, this represents... Uh, all the people of uh that are against uh, God, all the ancient enemies of god's people. Uh, uh, descending upon this uh, final battle, this final concluding battle. And where is that battle uh, being taken place? It's on the plains outside of Jerusalem. Now, as I mentioned before, uh, the earth has gone undergone a lot of changes uh, there. And uh, that's part of why I'm mentioning this, that there's many who believe uh, that these vast armies march over land bridges uh, that are created by all the, the uh, judgments uh, that befall uh, the world during the time of the tribulation. And uh, there's a great uh, plain here that is the setting of the final battle. These massive numbers of soldiers uh, and they're there coming against the uh, the The city of Jerusalem, where it is the seat of government for Jesus Christ, it is the place uh, uh, where a majority of the Christians are are congregating. why wouldn't they if if Jesus Christ is uh, setting up his uh, throne and his kingdom in Jerusalem uh, I wouldn 't want to stick around here i 'd want to get there and uh, be located near where Jesus is during the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. And so uh, you have uh, all these vast numbers of saints and you have all of these enemies of God and they are all coming to the plains outside of Jerusalem uh, where this great battle will be. And the battle will be over very quickly. Uh, It says here uh, and the thousands... uh, Uh, of people are there and a great number is of the sands of the sea and they went up on the breadth of the earth and they compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. The battle will be very short. Very quickly God destroys all those who are coming against Him. They'll be incinerated by this great fire. Throughout Scripture, uh, fire is used, uh, fire coming down from heaven is used as a way of displaying the judgment of God in Genesis 19 uh, where uh, Lot uh, is in Sodom and Gomorrah and Leviticus 10 uh, and 2 Kings chapter 1. All these different places throughout Scripture we see that uh, God rains down fire from heaven as a way of of showing His uh, displeasure with what's going on. Second Kings chapter one is where uh, we see uh, that elisha is on uh, Mount Carmel and he's got the uh, uh, the the uh, priests of of Baal there, and uh, God rains down fire from heaven uh, on the altar and displays his might for the children of Israel to turn back to him. Um, we see uh, uh, in verse ten. It says, And the devil that was deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone. This is the final uh, uh, judgment upon Satan that he, uh, the devil is thrown into the lake of fire with the beast and the prophet uh, that were thrown into the lake of fire in chapter 19 verse 20. And they will be tormented there forever. Forever. Uh, this will be a torment that is not only physical but spiritual. Uh, The physical torment is that the beast and the prophet are human and their body uh, will burn and be in torment for all of eternity and it will be a physical fire but it also is spiritual because Satan is not physical. Uh, He's not a human. He is a uh, a spirit being and... Uh, Satan uh, will be tormented for all eternity as well. Revelation fourteen eleven says, Those who drink of the wine of the wrath of God, their smoke will go up forever and ever. Uh, their punishment will be uh, in eternity forever. Satan is, uh, and his angels will be tormented forever. The prophet and the beast will be uh, uh, punished forever. Uh, and there are some who say, Well, uh, uh, is that literally forever, forever and ever, eternity? And uh, the Bible is very clear in that uh, when it says forever, it means forever. Uh, the Bible states that God is has been uh, in eternity past and is etern- will be through eternity future. Uh, we will be with Him in heaven for all eternity. Jesus Christ uh, uh, is forever. And so uh, if, uh, if we are to believe that, that God and Christ are forever, then so is uh, heaven and so is the torment of hell. If hell is not forever, then Christ is not forever. Heaven is not forever. But if God and Christ are forever, then uh, hell and heaven and Christ are all for all eternity. And so we see... The earthly kingdom of of God coming to an end in this uh, section. And we see, uh, we turn uh, another uh, page in our understanding of the events very quickly with the next few verses. We'll get in that next time as we look at that. (coughs) At the great judgment that is to come. All right. We need to praise God for the fact that we live in a very exciting time. Many people are are scared because of what is coming, uh, but because we are aware of what is going on and we are students of God's Word, uh, this is a very exciting time because it means uh, that uh, we live in a time that is that much closer to Christ's return, that much closer to our final reward with Him, uh, in presence with Him it's that much closer to uh, the righteousness of God being displayed and His judgment upon the sin of this world and that much closer to the time in which we will rejoice in His presence for all eternity what a wonderful thought that we could, uh, will soon be in His presence forever uh, that is, that is a, an amazing thing There's something that we can rejoice in every time we endure the hardships of this world is knowing that very soon uh, uh, Christ will return. How soon? We don't know. Only God knows. Uh, It could be uh, as soon as as this evening. It could be as as soon as a thousand years from now uh, because we don't... uh, live from the perspective of God. Uh, a thousand years is just a, a, a breath of time uh, in the span of God's understanding uh, and God's view of time. And So we, we do not know, but we are that much closer and we can rejoice in that. Let's pray. Dear Gracious Father, Lord, we praise You and we worship You and we thank You that You are a Creator God that is all-powerful that you have all righteousness and you uh, overcome uh, the forces of Satan in this world uh, and we uh, trust in you to give us strength and courage to face each new day. Lord, bless us as we seek to strive to live for you not be carried away by the things of this world to not allow the sins of this world to entice us and to draw us away but rather to devote ourselves to living for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.